Hello, my name is Joanne Murphy and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the Charter Banker Institute, the world's oldest professional banking institute. Welcome to our new podcast series on the future of skills and learning in banking. I'm your host for this first series. The idea of these podcasts came from our annual banking conference in November 2020, when we held a panel session on creating a culture of lifelong learning in the workplace, which we catchily titled, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. If you haven't already seen it, then I thoroughly recommend you go back and watch that session after hearing these podcasts. Throughout this series, we'll be looking at many different aspects of the future of professional skills and learning in the banking profession, but we are also intending on occasion to bring banking learning experts together with experts from other sectors to discuss the future of learning and building sustainable careers more widely. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you do, then please feel free to share them more widely via your social media. Hello, my name is Joanne Murphy. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the Charter Banker Institute, the oldest professional banking institute in the world. Welcome to our new podcast series on the future of skills and learning in banking. I'm your host, and today we will be looking at the topic which is very close to my heart, which is about creating a culture of lifelong learning in banking. It's with my greatest pleasure to introduce my guest, Francis Lake, Head of Organisational Development at Virgin Money. Welcome, Francis. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, it's good to be here. Thank you, and thanks for agreeing to take part today. I'm sure throughout your extensive career, you've seen lots of changes, not only in your own bank, um, but through the whole industry. And probably even more so in the last year, where we've yeah. dealt with a whole yeah. new range of challenges. Um, and I'd like to sort of begin by asking you, um, how do organisations create this culture of lifelong learning and how can individuals' responsibility play a, an important role within that? Sure, yeah. And um, it is a, it's a pretty huge thing, I think. And the, um, I think one of the things this last year has shown us is, is how important that is and how when you kind of get a shock like the last year, how hard it is to actually kind of create create a culture of lifelong learning the um so as a simple example i think i think we said in the first it was something like in the first six weeks of covid we had about six years worth of um digital adoption amongst customers so so when the customer behavior is changing that that's like two strategy rounds um so the need for people to be able to adapt and change is kind of really really critical in that um, so for that lifelong learning, when, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking we very often kind of take a fairly short term view. So it's kind of like, the, what's the, how's the organisation set up now? What's the immediate priorities? So what people need in order to deliver those priorities? Um, and, and, and we quite often sort of structure leadership, or sorry, learning like the organisation is going to remain stable even though I don't know, big big banks, big companies probably reorganizing every 18 months or so. So things change rapidly. Um, and I think quite often our people practice reinforces that kind of sense of stability. So things like you know, build 
detailed career frameworks or career paths um, or even you know the formal qualifications you get from school or you know you do a, a degree and and it's you know what's current then but what you need to do, be able to do is maintain it which I guess is where CPD comes in so I, I think the, there's a to get that culture of lifelong learning it needs to companies need to shift people to be thinking about not am I doing a good job but am I getting better how am I growing how am I how have I got one eye on the future and um, so one of the things we see performance management is really critical in that so rather than having performance that is just about measuring whether you've done a good job it's about concentrating on whether you get better and that stimulates people I think to to learn a lot better and um, but that, the piece on individual responsibility, I think that is absolutely critical in here because ultimately, ultimately it's the individual that has to do the learning. Um, so, so in that, I think there's things we can do. So one is looking at stimulating a growth mindset. I think it's a fascinating kid thing. All of our kids learn about growth mindset at school. You know, you walk into a school nowadays, well, not this year, but in a normal time, if you walked into a school, you'd see loads of posters about things like growth mindset and so on. Whereas lots of people in work never, you know, that, that kind of thought of continuing to grow, continue to explore is not, it's just not something that's been ground from the outset. So work on that, I think is critical. Helping to simplify the noise for people, I think is helpful. Like this, you know, we talk about a VUCA world and it becomes so bewildering that people kind of get paralyzed so they don't they don't know what to learn so they don't learn anything so, so just going try one of these things is helpful um i think things where you can stimulate curiosity is really constructive um and then that that bit of making sure all the bits of your people practice support it so so whether it's recruitment are you asking questions about what people have learned um or you know performance as i've said so how many how much of you your people infrastructure backs up that culture of lifelong learning as well. Sorry, that was a really long answer. No, you know, that was great. And actually it really relates to something that we've seen at the Institute as well, which is that there's been a change in how people start to review CPD, that continuous development. Um, in the past, we would have encouraged individuals to actually choose their own learning path you know choose the thing that they felt that they wanted to engage in the thing that they wanted to learn and i think what has happened particularly in the last year is that the uncertainty has meant people are looking for more guidance and support mm -hmm. and it's almost like the change has just happened at such a pace that yeah. people are actually like as our institute as our professional body we actually want you to tell us what direction yeah. to take. We actually want greater guidance. And I think we can see that statistically coming through with people immediately after, as the pandemic started, wanting much more direction of travel, mm -hmm. whether it was like in their, their career, their job, whatever aspects of their life, they were needing that guidance. Um, and it's trying to get that balance, isn't it, between the well, actually, what are you interested in? How do you want to grow? How do you develop that growth mindset? But also saying, actually, here, actually, take this, take take this, and try it out, see how it works. So we've we've actually created some really structured journeys, looking at future skills and saying, actually, these are areas that 
actually would be good for you to explore. And we've found that they've been incredibly popular because it's just helping people with that sort of navigation piece yeah. to, to help to develop those, those skills where it gets you curious and gets you thinking about, all oh, right, I never really understood that area. Let's ex explore that a wee bit, bit more. That really makes sense. The, um, I think the, the level of disorientation that people have had this year, you, you know, even just checking in with colleagues or bumping into people from different departments or understanding work that's going on, they, so much has just been lost. And so I was thinking it's like, you know, when you, it, it's like being on a boat and you can't see land, like you don't know what direction you're going in. And so I think if the, if the Institute can go, you know, here's a fixed point, here's a thing that you can work towards or aim towards, I think that's really helpful for people. So, so that, that's, that's something that we've, you know, we've sort of adopted and, and, um, and we're definitely, you know, we we're seeing like 50% of the membership were saying, actually, my CPD, you have to just, you're, you're the wow. person who's prioritising it which we've never seen that before. I think about 25% were saying that it should be their employer that, that guides them. And only 20, only you know, a quarter thought that it was themselves that should be choosing what comes next. That's just, you know, for us, that's an incredible shift that we're seeing in that area. Is there anything um, from your organization, you know, have you got any examples of, how you have encouraged that sort of self-directed incremental learning yeah. um, are, are, are things that you've you have adopted to sort of nudge people towards avoiding just seeing it as sort of the the hygiene learning within yeah. organization and actually stuff that they you want them to be more curious about how anything that you've done yeah. to we try to build it really into the almost like the fabric of the colleague experience really and that, that, that sounds really grand but I guess if I give a few examples it, it, it may be help so we um so one example would be in our performance approach we don't have annual things we don't have annual um plans what we ask colleagues to do is have two personal goals that run for three months that are just about how are you going to get better and we said it is a three months one of the things we had in mind um was actually the couch to 5k that can sense of in in the three months you can make a big difference if you go for it and we so we felt that kind of time frame was such that you can you can't sit around and not do anything um you have to get on with it and if you do get on with it you can make a big difference so that that rhythm kind of really um uh, really sort of changes things we've also um in right in our values we one of our values talks about insatiable curiosity and another about smart disruption so we're trying to get people to um we tell them as a kind of story so it starts with heartfelt service like doing a good job is a kicking off point then you get curious about what's working what isn't working and then get into disrupting things so trying to shift that mindset to get people thinking about you're not just here to turn the handle but to make things better and to really delight our customers and so on has, has really kind of changed some of the mindset um and then in things in, in a lot of our learning programs there's much more peer discussion 
there's much more um, experimentation built in. So it's kind of like learn one thing, try it out, see what happens next. So we've, um, uh, so what we are almost trying to do is role model in the learning, the methods we use for learning, the way we want people to then act in their in their own work. Um, so we probably our best uh, the best thing we've got, which is is ironic. What I'm about to describe, we were due to launch like last March. Um, so literally due to launch has kind of um, COVID sort of struck, and we had to sort of pause but it's actually turned out to be much better in a world of covid um and so what we what we have is uh, what we call learning in a life more virgin and this is intact teams spend 20 minutes each week um talking about a specific subject and so in those teams those sessions are run by someone who is trained to be a champion trained to run the sessions they get their content fed to them through a central app which is on all on a specific subject and then in a team you kind of have um, a little bit of input and typically an exercise that you do and then in the next week it's a reflection session so what action have you taken then you reflect then you do it again and and what we've the whole thing is focused on five future skills um and what we're trying to do here the, the way i think of it is if there's one learning point in each of those sessions it means people learn and apply 26 learning points throughout the year um whereas if you had if you took in 26 learning points in a training workshop you'd probably remember two or three so it, it just gets it into the rhythm much more um and the really cool thing that works for us is um it's actually helped teams to stay connected and it, um, the nature of the discussions just changes the way people are thinking from being um, you know, in the grip of operational work. So it's, uh, it's brilliant. It's about 1800 people doing it so far uh, with a view to roll it out across the rest of the group in the next couple of months. That, that's, that's really interesting. So I'm, a, I'm assuming then that the, the way that it's deployed is that you can do that remotely then and that's that's maybe the additional yeah. how it helped that success yeah yeah it's um it's really interesting because before we have a lot of teams that say split across two sides so before we were worried about how would it work if you say got six people in one side and then two dialing in and it would have been tough um so now being able to do it all basically on teams everyone's in the same position and it makes it much more even. So we've, we've helped the champions think about how do you facilitate that as a team's discussion to get the most out of the 20 minutes. And it's, it's uh, I think it's, it's one of the things that has made teams much more kind of equal, essentially. You know, that's, that's really interesting because we've actually had a similar conversation even within our own organisation where we've had like office-based teams and mm -hmm. also remote teams yeah. throughout, throughout um, our structure pre-COVID and what COVID has done has it it's made it a great leveler for yeah. this whole in office out of office culture and it's meant that everybody the, the playing field's been leveled mm -hmm. how, how do you um 
how do you see that as we hopefully when we get out of this COVID environment how do you see the benefits being retained um yeah. would you see the deployment being maintained as it is or would you think yeah. be adapted yeah I think so why we're um probably where we our thinking kind of head is that we'll continue to have an awful lot of virtual work really and that really the view that if you if you used to have that old world of you know six people in a room and two poor souls on the end of a spider phone we know that was awful like we all knew it was awful um uh, whereas whereas working in this way is actually much more constructive and and we also know that the so broadly we're kind of thinking if you can work like this then then do you know kind of continue to um so think about the nature of work you're doing and so where's the best place for it rather than it being default to back into an office site and then if it's a one-to-one -one, you know you go to a cafe or if it's a tick call you try and find somewhere quiet and get headphones on it's more like you'd only go into the office for the things you need to um because I think we've seen the, lots of the benefits of this. The, the other thing I think we're trying to push folks on is, is really, and again, is again, I guess, part of the lifelong learning, really, that thinking about how do I experiment with the way I work and act to be as effective as I can. Um, so we're saying, you know, right now you're basically stuck at home and all you can think of is the office, but we can fully really be able to work anywhere. So, you know, Goodness, do you meet someone in a park for a for a meeting or why would you need a team to all go into yeah head office site you could I don't know, meet in a local cafe or you know anything there's just so many options that you could do quite differently and so we're trying to get people to think about how do you how do you plan the way you work to make yourself work in the best way um and so the learning in a life more virgin is part of that. And then we've got a couple of other things we're trying to stretch people on as well. No, that thank you. That's that's really, really interesting the way that you've you've sort of you've tackled that. And and I think it, it relates to that whole now thinking about work going to work with purpose. So deciding yeah. what is it you want to do, what is it you want to achieve today, and what's the best method for doing that and as we come out of COVID that might mean is that might mean you as you say like you meet up with someone in a location that's that's good and gives you that environment to have a discussion or it could be that you choose to work from home for that day yeah. and you do whatever and it's it's almost just like like trying to get people to think really out yeah. of what they're doing and not go back into that sort of the stereotypical behaviors and the old norm and yeah. um, this, isn't it? Yeah, that's really true. I think it'll get us closer to customers as well. Because if you've, if you've got an office-based job, then in old world, broadly going to the office and then you're around all people with the same kind of frame of reference as you. Um, and like right now we're at the other extreme where I, you know, I'm in an office where the only person in it is me. So, so like it's only myself to argue with. Um, but the in the in where we're kind of thinking is in the in the future if you're able to work in different locations or in different ways you, you're just seeing more of society in operation so being able to see how customers operate or how people are going about their day or just being 
just been around the world, not at rush hour. We think we'll also kind of create sort of different views and stuff, and that'll just stimulate the imagination and create different opportunities. Francis, can I just ask how um, how this then um, this narrative plays out in your sort of branch network? Then, and the changes that you've maybe seen in learning in that environment where people have had to be on the front line. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's um, and it's really so. Actually, some of this methodology started with the the guys in stores, um, where. Is, and this sort of 20 minute conversation approach really, really started with um, us thinking about how we rebrand all of our Clydesdale and uh, Yorkshire stores to, to Virgin Money and to getting the, helping the teams there to think about how they operated differently and what that kind of different customer proposition. So, so that's where that, that whole 20 minutes piece was sort of proven there. What we're now at a point is where the, the rebrand is, is getting much closer to being finished. And so we're looking at how in the store areas they, we convert, essentially they start to do some of the more future focused material that other colleagues are doing. Um, and broadly they kind of, they, they love it to be honest, because historically a branch has kind of been an island, it's been removed from everyone else. And now the, the ability to, you could be in a store, but be just as connected as other people. Is has been brilliant. Um, our, our director for the personal bank, he's been running a number of sessions, which I've been doing with him, which are sort of conversations in a of of um, with a number of leaders in his space. So it's about ninety leaders from you know area managers or store managers or things like that about, and it's, it's sort of like early evening. You know, when we know everyone's at home, we know no one's travelling. So you, you can just get into this different frame of mind and they've been brilliant sessions, to be honest. So we're really trying to think about how we make the most of the digital connection to get the stores hooked in much more closely. And it seems to be going well. It's, it's yeah, learning as we go, though, definitely. I think, I think that's been true of the whole period, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Learning as we go along, but, but actually then becoming really creative because yeah. we're dealing with a challenge and then we're just having to think through a completely different lane yeah. how we overcome that yeah uh, we've got a really interesting thing with the stores as well where the can we you know it used to be broad if you were in a if you worked in a store that was a remote from a head office sign then your career was pretty limited so your options were limited so that kind of sense of lifelong learning or creating curiosity was was stunted really because all you could see was the only the only the biggest job I could do here is be a branch manager and and then I've, I've basically got to go and either move house or work for another company and so in one of the great benefits we're seeing now is we'll be able to recruit much more flexibly and um, you could even feasibly have people who are working part-time in a branch and less part-time doing a risk role um, and so that's just opening up so many more opportunities for people to to learn. So, so a lot of our work at the moment is, is, is trying to stimulate their imagination to, to get them thinking about what, what I could do um, rather than, you, you know, after 20, 20 years or whatever in stores or in branches, 
is really well set. What you, the, the limits you think you've got are really well set, but they're, they're, that's all changing. Um, so quite a lot of work with them on thinking about what might be possible. Yeah. I think I think that's a, I could talk to you all day actually, because that takes us into a whole other world of career development. I think yeah. that is such a great, if you like, outcome in some ways of, of a really difficult and challenging period is, is that actually, you know, the balance of work and actually allowing people to grow and develop in a completely yeah. new direction without limitations that yeah. we would have seen in the old world is 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 a really positive development and, yeah. and bringing on board with that. So I think that's that's a great point. And as I said, we maybe we need to get you back to how we in future yeah. as well. Um, but that's that's all we have time for um, today. I just really like to thank you, Francis, for oh, for pleasure. your really insightful contributions um, today. Um, and I look forward to our listeners joining us, us for the next episode. But until then, bye and thank you. Thanks, Jan. Bye bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.